Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, this is the China Sports Insider Podcast. My name is Haig Balian, and I am with Mark Dreyer, the China Sports Insider. This week, it is part two of Mark's China Sporting Politburo Standing Committee. Mark, you've been out of quarantine and in the wild, well, sort of in the wild for the last week or so. Beijing is just not the same, is it? What, what's been going on with you? Well, you know what? Maybe maybe let's hold our kind of, um, you know, the the... the the personal updates uh, until a little bit later on because we're just about two hours past uh, the the new release of the standing committee for uh, for China's Politburo. Now, this is a very widely watched thing, not so much in the sports industry, of course. There aren't too many sporting figures who have ascended to the top seven political figures. But it's been a pretty dramatic 24 hours here in China because um, for, 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 for some of our listeners who, who may have, have uh, been observing this, Former President Hu Jintao was basically marched out of the meeting yesterday, and he didn't look like he wanted to go. Now, everyone's been speculating about what on earth was going on, and there was it was basically one of two things. One is he had some 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 kind of unexpected health issue, but unexpected in the fact that you know he was frail; he had previously been escorted in, so he, he clearly needs some assistance here and there. Um, but like, if they knew that, then then why bring him in? You know, he could just rest or like, and he clearly didn't want to go. So then why take him out at that stage? It was just odd. And then, of course, the, the more wilder things, which is is probably probably wider of the market at this point, now that we know a little bit more information, was that, you know, he's been sort of forcibly marched off stage in full view of everyone else to sort of show who the, who who has all the power. Now, again, that theory doesn't seem to be kind of uh, gaining too much traction. However... Whatever happened, it was pretty public and pretty humiliating. Um, and so it's just kind of been a crazy thing. The reason I'm going on about this is because I did a talk this week specifically about the intersection of sports and politics in China. And I think, honestly, from what I've noticed over the last 24 hours with this Hu Jintao incident, there are definitely some parallels with what happened with Peng Shui, which was, you know, a little under a year or so ago. Um you know, my my primary passion is the sports industry. You know, I come from a from a sports television background. Um, you know, but but since coming to China, you know, I think the whole industry of the media and censorship and all that sort of communication sphere in China is fascinating as well. It kind of comes a close second, and I think this is where where some of the parallels are. So, you know, the line that was given um, 
was that, oh, he's just taking a rest, you know? And, and again, that triggered, I was like, well, that was the, the Peng Shui thing. Oh, I'm just resting at home. Please don't bother me. I'm just resting at home, right? I was like, again, maybe I'm kind of, you know, joining some dots where there aren't any. But like, again, there was this huge incident that millions and probably well, billions of people were aware of. This was a top news story on international media for most of yesterday. It took about 12 hours for China to respond to this at all. And again, how did they do it? On Twitter. Pretty much exactly what we saw with Peng Shui. There's nothing in the domestic media, of course, completely censored. No one's talking about this. I mean, Chinese friends are have seen this, but of course they have to jump over the firewall. It's not broadcast. This part of the Congress was not broadcast on Chinese television. But everyone's talking about this and kind of wondering what on earth is happening. And so they've lost control of the narrative completely, purely because they haven't headed it off initially and sort of said, this is what happened. He's just not feeling right. If they'd said that, you know, within a few minutes of him being marched off stage, then we're kind of thinking, well, OK, maybe he's just having a bit of a rest. That's fine. The guy's nearly 80 and he's had some health issues. Right. And the story moves on. But it's like basic communications 101 where China, you know, puts one foot in the mouth and then pulls it out to put the other foot in. And it's just so painfully embarrassing to watch for from a commute. Forget forget the politics. Forget, you know, from a pure communications point of view, it's just so, so bad. And then, of course, you have ahead. to have good. You don't have to have a great communication system when you can just when you have the entire media apparatus do whatever you want right so why why what does it matter because here's the thing they do fe- they did felt um feel the need to address this because yes. they put out the tweet and, and it was on the xinhua official account you know in the past we saw a lot of global time stuff coming out um uh with with the peng shui stuff and some of the reporters were saying oh look i've just been sent some pictures and peng shui's uh, at a restaurant, and she seems to be having a great time. So this was Xinhua, which is kind of like the you know the yeah. top tier, the official one. Sure, you're not going to give it to sort of like the second tier uh, Global Times media. So again, a slight <laughs> difference there. Uh, well, I, th- I think you know that 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 it's relevant. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just you know they felt the need at some point. Someone has said everyone outside of China is talking about this, and and this only nothing to do with what we want them to be talking about, which is, you know, our Congress is going well, they're all talking about what on earth happened to Hu Jintao. So they 12 hours later, finally got, uh, you know, approval to put out this, this tweet. And again, when you leave it, uh, and I'm going to stop banging on about this now, but when you leave it for that long, it doesn't matter what you say, no one is going to believe you. And of course, that's what happened with Peng Shui. Doesn't matter how many times Chinese state media said this is what happened. She's fine. She's re- rejected her allegations against, uh, you know, Vice Premier Jiang Gaoli, who, of course, was shown for the first time at the Congress. Just thought of another little parallel then. Again, possibly joining some dots where there aren't. But these are two kind of my worlds intersecting here. And I think, you know, just in the way that China deals with a crisis. Uh, wow. Wow. They they need some help. It was also occur- it just also occurred to me as well, Mark, that you know, the, the, the rest excuse is, is an interesting one, because, of course, if somebody questions that, they're the ones who are being insensitive. It just, it just, it's just so unnecessary. You know, like, like honestly, I think the far, by far the most likely situation is that he wasn't feeling right. And then again, it was, it was public and it was, it was embarrassing at the, at a minimum. But like, I, it, he was on the, he was on the nightly news package, you know, mentioned after Xi Jinping. So it's clear that nothing, you know, worse than that has, has happened to, to Hu Jintao. But, but no one knew until hours and hours and hours later. Um, and again, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's kind of the way things are done here. So 
whether it's sports, whether it's politics, it's uh, there's definitely some parallels. But, you know, that is the hot news at the moment. The drama in, in China right now. So, uh, you know, two hours on. That's, well, our, nothing, that's, our, that's our hot take. That's well, there's nothing take. much else happening in terms of sports, I, I don't think. Uh, not that I can see from here anyway. Um, but um, let's, let's move on to your new list, Mark. So is, is, just remind the people, what, what is this list? So, you know, the, the big thing about this Congress is, is we get to see who the new leadership of China is for the next, uh, for the next five years, um, or at least that's what we expect. And so, you know, you've got the political positions, you've got the president, the premier, the chairman of this body and that body and the secretary and the vice premiers and all that sort of stuff. And so last week we did um, a top seven, which was president, kind of the presidents of China sports, looking backwards over the last, you know, five plus years. And then we listed the best female athlete, the best male athlete, the best Olympian, the best team, the people's choice. And then, of course, my favorite, uh, because I'm, a, you know, self-indulgent, um, uh, was the Dressby, the Dreyer Espy Award. Uh, <laughs> so as we go through the new uh, Chinese Sporting Politburo Standing Committee, I will we'll just refresh your memories about um, about who is, who, uh, you know, out with the old, in with the new. Uh, and so, so... Let's get to it, I guess. Yeah, who do you want to start with? Let's start at the top, the president. So the president okay. was Yao Ming uh, because he was just, a, you know, an epic figure in the field of, uh, of China sports. And, uh, um, you know, obviously uh, the way that China works is that the president doesn't change. And so the new president is going to be Yao Ming. <laughs> all right, I know. A little that, kinda, that makes all the sense in the world, Mark. Yeah. Kind of, kind of crappy <laughs> joke, but but <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's my that's that, that's that's the last mention of politics for today. So so you know, Yao Ming <laughs> is getting his his third term, I guess, because um, he's been you know he's a player for 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 a long time. So he's had a good like ten year career up till now. He's going into his his third five year term. Uh, but uh, honestly, he is still going to be a significant figure in the field of sports um, in China moving forward. You know, he's head of the CBA. Um, he's not going away. He's 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 at a prime age in terms of being very very active. He could be you know in and around the Chinese sports industry for for another two three decades. So you know I, I, it was a kind of a, a little cheesy joke uh, with with Xi Jinping getting his third term, Yao Ming staying on as well. But I honestly think it's relevant. You know it was funny. I just you just glit. I just glitched just in the middle of that joke but it is a very funny joke i just i didn't quite quite get it but you know mark when earlier when you when you were talking about the the, the politburo and how um you know it'd be really difficult to imagine a sports figure in that politburo yao ming might have the stature to to maybe ascend to that in a few decades what do you think things would have to dramatically change dramatically change that is not that the, I there's no I I mean I think it's a reasonable question like you know if we're sort of speculating but it's like yeah that's just it would be so outlandish seen today um and, and clearly with the current administration that it's not going to happen but but you know who knows um if if you just, you just never know right you know like at some point um things will change you know there will be a new president at some future point unknown today um, you know, I, is it going to be Yao Ming? Almost certainly not. But you know, he is a senior statesman. Yeah. Well, okay. He's a, he's a, exposing he's myself, Mark, right now. He's That's not the... yet senior, <laughs> but but I do think that he could be involved in in an administrative position for for mm. basically as long as he wants. Uh, second position is best female athlete. 
Um, now, previously we had Li Na, you know, winner of two Grand Slams, um, uh, one of my favorite Chinese athletes of, of, of all time, so a little bit biased there. And you know what? I've kind of gone, I've, I've gone with who I genuinely think is going to become the, the next Li Na. And this is Jung Chinwen, who's just turned 20. <sighs> Um, okay. Tennis player, uh, she is, um, you know, storming up the ranking. She's she's into the top fifty at the moment, and honestly, I think within a year's time, she's going to be she's going to be knocking on the door of the top ten. If she's not there already. She has a lot of parallels with Lena, not just from the talent, um, but she is really going from strength to strength off the court as well. She's she's been posting about all these new sponsorships that she's got. Um, so she really is, you know, she's kind of in the same Nike stable and, and Nike, we've, we've said before on the show, you know, internally, they're talking about her potentially being a top five player. I genuinely think she could be um, a, a real superstar, not just in China, but globally as well. You know, she speaks good English and that is important if you are going to break out in, into the global market. She seems to have a great personality. Um, and so, look, a lot can go wrong. I think the big difference is she's still so young. And Lee Na really only got to the top when she was in her late twenties into her thirties. So, um, you know that 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 is sort of a, a big difference there. Mark, I don't know the rest of your picks, so I don't want to step on any of your picks. But I, I do have a question. Did you yeah. consider Eileen Gu for this? That's an interesting question. I did consider her for this. Um, it it's just a bit too unknown, I think. And I think with with winter sports. Um, you're really only in that that Olympic spotlight every four years. Um, I think Eileen Gu um, has the world at her feet, but she kind of has the world at her feet in different ways. You know, she's a model. Um, she, she's an ambassador in certain ways. She's also an athlete. Uh, she might just decide she prefers something, some other course over freestyle skiing. Um, I, I should, no indication so far, but, but I'm thinking like further down the line, you know, five years from now, can we guarantee that Jung Chen Wen is going to be still playing playing tennis. Well, unless she has horrible injuries, basically we can. Eileen Gu, I would say it's likely, but it's less certain. And certainly further down the line, uh, that, that would be my difference, yeah. So number three, best male athlete. And uh, previously I went with, with Sun Yang, uh, uh, the swimmer, just because of what he'd done a little bit further back from five years, you know, the two gold medals at London and and just, just dominating in the freestyle. I've actually gone with tennis again. This is a little bit of a bold pick. Um, I'm going with Jerry Shang, who is an up-and-coming, one of several up-and-coming uh, uh, Chinese male tennis players. We saw a, a couple of players for the first time break through at the U.S. Open. Um, Jerry Shang hasn't yet got to that stage, but he's been a, a very, very highly ranked um, and, and promising junior. Partly, I wanted to, to mention him because guess who he's been training with over the last few months? Hmm. Gonna, I'm going to guess Murata Glu. I'm going to give you some clues. Okay. He is Chilean. Former world number one, I believe. Not if it, uh, not Mark, but Marcelo. Help Rios. me out here. Yes. 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 Right. Now, I'd forgotten. I mean, this Rios has basically disappeared. Yeah. And he's kind of only really resurfaced. And wow, look him up if you get a chance. He has gone through... A transformation. He's had a lot of work done on his face, for one thing. Okay. He's now covered in tattoos. He's a, you know, he's still kind of got the ponytail. He's sort of, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's stacked. He's wearing tank tops and short. It's the most bizarre combination to see the two of them. Now, unfortunately, they only worked together for two months. 
Um, and and he's been fired by Shang and his team. And he's basically saying, well, I think they didn't like, you know, I'm not here to, you know, I'm here to get him to the top 10. You know, I'm not here to, 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 to you know, be, be top 150, top 200. In those two months, I think his, his ranking went from about 300 and something to 160. He's still on the Challenger Tour. Anyway, getting back to Jerry Shang, it's a, it's a bit of a speculative pick. Um, the reason I've gone with tennis is because I think it's a little easier to predict a longer-term future than some of the other sports. You know, five years from now, we're going to be looking back thinking he's the one. Very possibly not. But um, that's why I've gone with with Jerry Shang, but really representative of the male Chinese tennis scene um, that we we saw, you know, Uwe Bing uh, at, at the... Um, uh, at the U.S. Open, uh, win a win a couple of uh, rounds and and do well, and so I think there's some uh, some some promise there for the future. That, that seems like a tough one, Mark. J- just because there's so many great uh, athletes that, that you could have chosen. Like, w- were there any other athletes that you were considering? Well, some, but they kind of maybe were 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 into were in discussion for some of the others. I mean, honestly, there's no one to me who sort of stands out, particularly when it comes to a global. Um, you know, and we mentioned this last week. There's a lot of stars who who are you know they're in table tennis or, or um, perhaps diving. You know, and honestly, within China, uh, within China, they're big names. Uh, but it's it's a it's a couple of things. One, it's a bit of a production, um, you know, a conveyor belt of of talent. There's always going to be someone coming through. China is always going to win, whether it's the this individual or that individual. You know, Lin Dan was was kind of dominant in in badminton in the past. There's no one on my radar, and and if if you as uh, know of people in in sort of other sports that they think are going to dominate, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, um, I mean, just thinking about there's no basketball players right now that are you know that are even in the NBA that you would have you, you would think that yeah. that might break through. Yeah, I mean, the, the the there's a couple of there's a couple of kids who are kind of you know basketball um, hardcore Chinese basketball fans are talking about um, who who are, are still in high school right now in the US, but again. Do they even get drafted at this point? And if so, you know, we've had a couple of players drafted um, since since Yao and, and E.G. and Lian who haven't really even played. So just getting drafted is is not... It's not enough. You know, t- no way. T- yeah, yeah, it's not enough. It's yeah. not a ticket to success. So, Definitely not. Um, to really be dominant at the top of the game, it's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So, yeah. again... Um, I'd love to see. I'd love to see my this that pick in particular completely upended um, sooner rather than later, as more Chinese male sports stars kind of dominate. But um, for the moment, I'm, yeah, going with uh, Jerry Shang. So number four, um, midway through the, uh, the 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 Chinese Politburo Standing Committee, best Olympian of the future. Now I've gone with female water sports and i've been unable to narrow it down i'm gonna throw out three names here that i think um you know have already seen some success but i think could be around for a while we've got lee bingjie she's a freestyle athlete um you know china with um we've already seen with with sun yang has some some form here she's done very very well at the world level jang yufei uh in in um in butterfly performed very very well got a um you know gold medal in in tokyo at the olympics but i think she's still young enough that she could still dominate uh, and then you know the 14 year old diver chuen hong chan she just won the uh, the double synchro at uh, um at one of the world tournaments um and over the last few weeks so she's you know she's i think 15 now she could basically go as long as you know she's not people don't dive into their 30s very rarely certainly not in china Definitely um, not. You know, yeah. some of the other countries, uh, there are fewer 
elite athletes and they do they do stay around you know so again i think for 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 these three this trio it's really how long do they have the hunger you know how long um can they still be still be at the top um i think they certainly have the talent uh and uh, you know it'd be great to see some more dominant uh a long, uh, you know over a long period of time dominant chinese athletes um but whether it's these three whether it's, it's someone else you know again i i i i've i've sort of hedged my bets there with yeah, three, three names for one three. position <laughs> would, would uh, that but, ha- you know, would, could that happen at the actual pull up euro mark uh no <laughs> <laughs> uh, substitutions not allowed uh, although I suppose there are, uh, you know, for, for, I guess for, for health or worse reasons, you know, there, there could be some exceptions, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not unlikely to, to see that. The next one is best team. And just a refresher, we had, uh, sorry, best Olympian, the former, uh, I didn't refresh, but we had Su Bing Tian. So we oh, went from right. the, the, yeah. the male sprinter to, to the female uh, swimmers and divers. Uh, the best team previously was the women's volleyball team. And they've uh, done very well over the last five to 10 years. I'm going with Beijing FC. A little bit of a hometown uh, hometown push here. They haven't actually been great right now. Previously known as Beijing Guan, uh, but uh, uh, a lot of these uh, names have been sort of cleaned up, as it were. So they're now officially known as Beijing FC. Um, they have a brand new stadium right here in the capital. It is about, from where I am right now, it's probably about a 10, 15-minute walk from where I am. Uh, I can see uh, the new kind of uh, round stadium. Uh, they've been uh, trying on the lights uh, at night, and it 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 looks stunning. The pictures of this new uh, stadium, Gongti, which is a worker stadium, it's been completely rebuilt, <clears throat> and um, it's due to open at the end of this year. I don't think that um, Beijing FC are going to get into it um, until next season at the earliest, and let's hope that when they're back in there, you know, we can have some fans, we can we can go to get some games. You know, the atmosphere in the old stadium, despite the old stadium just being horrifically bad and unfriendly as a sort of a concrete structure, you know, the fans are great. The passion is there. So, you know, these are some of the things that I'm excited about when it comes to the Chinese sporting scene. You know, we, we've, we've, we've been pretty pessimistic over the last few weeks and months in terms of COVID and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, there are there are areas for for optimism, and you know the fans, Chinese sports fans, you know, are, is definitely uh, near the top of the list. So I just kind of I'm hoping, you know, hometown boost here, Beijing FC, they get the new stadium and 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 everything comes together and they get back to the top of the Chinese Super League. Another reason for optimism is that they've removed the running track. So of course it was going to be one of the headline new stadiums for the Asian Cup for next year, and. Um, you know, as as we've as we've covered here before, uh, you know, China basically had to to give up its hosting rights because uh, it wasn't able to guarantee that it could host it. This is June next year. It's just kind of slightly depressing that the new host is uh, going to be Qatar. You know, it's like we know that they can hold the tournament because they will have had the 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 um, well the World Cup in just under a month's time now, and then next June they're going to be hosting the uh, the Asian Cup as as the stand-in host. But it just would have been much more exciting for me to see either Korea, Indonesia was was originally in the running, so it's the safe choice from the AFC. But yeah, it's kind of boring. Okay, can I continue with that tangent a little bit, Mark? Because they're doing it in the summer. I mean, it, didn't they move the World Cup to the winter because it's too hot? That is a great point. That is a great point. And you know what, what, what we have seen when it comes to some of the Chinese 
qualifying games for World Cups that, that have been staged outside of China because they weren't able to host uh, host teams in China because of COVID. What we've seen uh, in the Middle East is ridiculously late kickoff times. And so that might be how they get around it. I don't think we'll have any 6 a.m.s, but we might have honestly kind of like midnight kickoffs. Um, Jeez. So it, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, this is all speculation at this no, time. No, of course. I, I, um, yeah. It's possible that, you know, Asia is is kind of hotter. And so so the teams are less concerned about the heat or at least more used to the heat than some of the kind of the whiny Europeans kind of going, oh, it's going to be too hot. Summer. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, they haven't said to my knowledge about about kickoff times and all of that. But but that is a good point. That is why uh, we have the World Cup coming up in November and December in Qatar. Well, that is that is interesting, Mark. I, di- I didn't know that. OK, so that's the best team. Next. People's choice. The people's, people's choice. choice. Previously right. went to Fu Yuanhui, who was the, the female swimmer who basically just kind of uh, broke out in Brazil with her amazing personality and, and just willingness to talk about anything and everything and her facial expressions and, 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 and emotive uh, sort of gasps on television. And I've given the people's choice um, sort of different reason, but someone who did resonate with certain section of the, uh, of the people. And you did kind of uh, foreshadow this earlier. Hmm. Eileen Gu. Uh, Eileen Gu. Okay. I did was step sort on of your the, choices. All right. <laughs> the darling, uh, a darling of the um, uh, uh, of, of of the Beijing 2022 Olympics. You know, two golds and a, and a silver medal. And a lot of people saying how great she was. But I think you know the question is: she is the people's. Uh, she is a, you know a su- subsection of the people's choice for now. It's going to be really interesting to see how how or if she is able to to kind of hold this position and whether things go sour. Um, you know, it's too early to be talking about this right now. But um, Hu Shijin, who is the uh, the the former editor of the Global Times, actually asked a really interesting question during the Olympics, and he said, "Look." You know, we need to sort of say, look, she's bringing glory to uh, um, to the sport in the sporting arena to China. She's winning medals for for China's sporting team, but we want to uh, avoid basically saying, you know, uh, aligning Eileen Gu with China and, and China's glory because we just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, she was eighteen at the Olympics. I think she's now nineteen. Um, Maybe she kind of has a change of heart. Maybe she comes out of Stanford and be you know what, like I love the, the, my American side now more than perhaps I did earlier, and and I want to, you know, uh, compete with 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 uh, with the Americans. You know, geopolitics between the the, the two big nations, you know, um, U.S. and China, could impact. And again, way too big a conversation to kind of get into to what might happen. But you know, it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, if if more and more, if if she had a hard time hedging her bets, uh, treading the fine line between the US and China earlier this year, you know, that's only getting more difficult. And so she's forced to pick a side. Um, you know, it does sound like she's still got her, her US citizenship. Uh, we don't know if she has a Chinese passport. You know, so, so again, people's choice. She was kind of the darling earlier this year. Um, but for how long, I think, is the big question there. As I mentioned before, she's much more already than just an athlete. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, she she she's constantly posting photos about being in yeah. fashion shows all over the world. Even since starting at Stanford, she's been in South Korea, she's been in France, Paris, you know, probably a few other places as well. So I uh, hope she's just taking her books on the road. But uh, you know, she's she's certainly having a, an interesting life for sure. Is this number seven coming up? 
Because if it, it is, is, it is. Oh, this is okay. I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, number this seven. is the Dressby, the Dressby, the Dryer Espy Awards. Uh, making no apologies for my self indulgence. Nor so you. the last time, you know, and, and this was something that that you know, I, I when I was sort of writing the book and just covering the Chinese sports industry, it's really interested me. Um, you know, there's there's elements here from from Eileen Gu. It's it's the this issue of naturalization, sort of recruiting um, uh, people who are who are either ethnically Chinese or not ethnically Chinese, um, but to to switch and compete for China. And, and so I gave it to Elkerson, you know, the Brazilian. It was sort of a bit of a cheeky, um, you know, so, someone did ask online, you know, why on earth is uh, is Elkerson the, the cover image for the, uh, you know, the, 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 the original standing committee? Well, it was like, well, you know, if you'd listened to it, um, kind of had 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 the the explanation there but you know he he obviously converted to play for China and he's done well so far for China I'm not sure if he's still in the in the mix uh, whether he seems kind of settled back in Brazil and of course that is the um that's the challenge so I've gone with a really left field pick here um but it's it's continuing the theme of naturalization and someone who could be a Chinese athlete in the future any ideas? I've gone with Emma Raducanu. I love it. Okay, again. Oh, this is do great. I really think she's going to be competing for China in the future? Probably not. However, she's good friends with Eileen Gu. They've been posting pictures all over the world together. They love hanging out. She is um, ethnically half Chinese, just like Eileen Gu. Uh, she has a she has a Romanian father and Chinese mother, born in Canada. And grew up uh, uh, and and is representing the UK. So the world is increasingly a multicultural place, um, and you know as as represented by you know people like Eileen Gu and and Emma Raducanu, like four nations really that that sort of have uh, close to her. So um, again, wouldn't that just be amazing if she was? competing for China on the same, maybe the same Davis Cup team. So it's not Davis Cup, it's the, it's the Fed Cup, isn't it? With, uh, with, with Jiang Qianwen, perhaps, uh, <laughs> you know, winning glory for China. What would happen in the UK if that were, to, like, if, if she were to do that? Like, it would erupt. Yeah, it would. But, you know, like, I just think it's, it's becoming more of a normal situation where people do switch nationalities mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. potentially... It, it could only happen more as the world becomes more country. You know, the, the, I don't know. It could go the other way, of course. And, and of course, people erupted when, when Eileen Gu, and people still erupt when, you know, when they talk about Eileen Gu. She's, she's a very polarizing figure. But, you know, we're, we're trying to have a little bit of fun with the, uh, with the Sporting Politburo Standing Committee. So the Dressby Award for, uh, <laughs> for the future of Chinese sports goes to Emma Randikanu, who is not yet competing for China, but may. One day in the future. Hopefully, Mark, in five years' time, we can look back and see where all these people are. Yeah, no, it's been fun to do. Uh, what I've been most happy about, Haig, is I've managed to put a smile back on your face for at least uh, half of an hour or so. Uh, I know that you're struggling a little bit in quarantine. Four days in, another, well, hopefully three until you get to your home, right? <sighs> that's the hope. That was a big I sigh. Mean, sorry. Sorry they, to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. That's okay. It's it's an, it's an, it's it's amazing here, Mark. It's absolutely amazing. Like the hallways are like. Did you ever watch the show Dexter? Do you know that show? It's about uh, that serial killer. Yeah, yeah. The hall the hallways like are like a murder scene from Dexter. You know, cellophane 
on the on, on the ground, cellophane on the walls, on the ceiling, you know, it's all taped up. It's it's amazing. And I don't know, the, the, t- the testing I can deal with, I guess, you know, I, I totally understand. Um, the meals are, are not bad. Like, they're not bad mm-hmm. at all. It's just that with every single meal, there, there are three types of carbohydrates for some reason. You know, you have, you've got your rice, you've got your, you've got your bread, yeah, um, you've got yeah. your potatoes. Um, I got one last question for you. Um, for, for, um, you know, for, 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 for perhaps some, some longtime Beijing residents or, or, or listeners who, who maybe have lived in China, uh, what's going to be the first meal out of your house when you, when you uh, get to freedom? You know, I was just talking about that with with my wife, who I get to share a room with. By the way, she's she's right here behind the computer. Um, she, that, would she like to make a guest appearance? She doesn't want to make it. No, she does not want to make okay. a guest appearance. And, you know, um, you, by the way, sharing sharing the room with my wife is is great most of the time. You know, if we're not making each other uh, laugh, Care, careful. You know, we we are careful. we are yeah. making each other cry. <laughs> No, but it's been great. Um, we were talking about what our first meal is going to be. I, you know, I, have you been to Country Kitchen in Beijing? It's an amazing restaurant. It's so, so good. And I've been craving their food. So I think that's going to be our first meal, but I'm not I'm not quite sure yet. Well, we um, I'm looking forward to our in-person reunion as well. I know, I know you're oh looking forward to getting back to your uh, your podcasting setup at home. So. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be so <laughs> nice to have my microphone back. I can't wait. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up there, Mark. Thank you for listening to the China Sports Insider Podcast. The China Sports Insider Podcast is host Mark Dreyer. He is the China Sports Insider. Check out his book on Amazon. It's called Sporting Superpower, China's Quest to Be the Best. We are on the Syndica Podcast Network. Check us out at chinaproject.com. My name is Haik Balian. I edited this show, and we will be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>